Welcome to Two Girls in a Grape, where Drea and Jules take down wine, one bottle at a time. Welcome to Two Girls in a Grape, where we attempt to learn about wine one bottle at a time. I'm Drea, and I have never been more pasty in my life. <laughs> and I'm Jules, and I'm getting excited for summer in San Diego and busting out my boogie board. So, in case you picked up on a few hints, this episode we're celebrating the unofficial start of summer with a bottle of Pray for Surf from Tank Garage in Calistoga, even though we are currently trapped in a cycle of eternal darkness. Otherwise known as May, Gray, June, Gloom, Blah. but has been happening way Literally before May. Forever. Yeah, Literally for like forever. three months. Yeah, it's fine. Sucks. Totally fine. Um, it's so fine that why don't we kick off with our cheers and jeers. Jules, what are you cheersing and jeersing this episode? Today, I'm cheersing to our dog, Kuka, who we had to say goodbye to about two weeks ago. It was her time. She was 18. She let us know. It's super sad. It sucks. But also, she was an awesome fucking dog. So cheers to that. And she was epic as fuck. So she was. cheers to Kuka. She was. And what are you jeersing? Did I fucking ask? I am jeersing to this whole fucking America with three Ks. America Very first specific. <laughs> America first trend that apparently requires you to be anti all the things like anti LGBTQ and anti abortion, but you're pro gun, which means you're really not pro life, et cetera, et cetera. And the real jeers goes to the fact that Dre and I recently found out that one of our favorite clothing brands full on admitted to an America first to being an America first company. And now we want to burn all of the fucking clothes. Yeah. Also, like I feel betrayed. Yeah. Hardcore. I mean. Cause Bait and switched. So stealthy. Bait and switched. So stealthy. I mean, listen, so Jules and I did a little two girls in a grape on the road trip recently for one of their events. And I have to admit, when I got there, I was a little nervous. Like, you know, any minute, maybe I was going to get thrown into the pizza oven or something. But <laughs> like, it was a little, it was a little freaky. I think everyone there was like, had a pocket bible which is fine if that's your thing cool good christianity's fine don't don't try and like baptize me and then give me a gun on my way out the door like that's not that's not where we're at right now yeah so yeah it was it was it was interesting it's a little shocking for sure jules wondered why i didn't want to make friends with anyone there (laughs) because drea's real anti-social when you take her out of her comfort zone i just just saying, we could talk about that for a long. This could be a therapy session, but that's we're not going to do that. That's going to be its own special episode. Drea, oh, a very special episode. Drea, what are you cheersing to? Uh, so I am cheersing to road trips because even though we were bait and switch, <laughs> um, that's you know we just did our own little two girls in a grape road show. It was a quick thirty-six hour trip to LA, which necessitated us taking six bottles of wine because a girl needs options. Also, shout out to Hot Rob for the sweet upgrade at our hotel. Hook up at the hotel. Yep. So. W and Beverly Hills. That's we right. were fancy as we were fuck. We right down the hall from Kamala Harris. Yep. And she was in the hotel that night. Detail. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. Thank you, Hot Rob. And, and what are you jeersing to? Oh, man. <laughs> I, so, okay. I, we've already talked about the, the, the neo-fascists and stuff. Yes. Um, so but, that's just... Automatically, you are also jeering yeah, that. Uh, but also, like this fucking weather, man. It I don't is know depressing. If it's depression or a vitamin D deficiency, but I am cranky as hell. Like I've had enough of this. Meanwhile, we were just taking some pictures, and Drea accused me of being cranky. I no, I accused you of being aggro. Aggro, she did. 
she did call me aggro. All right. Well, maybe some wine will help. We well, good thing we've come to the right place. We're about to find out. So there you have it. Cheers and jeers, everyone. To celebrate the official start of summer that comes with Memorial Day weekend, we are highlighting summer facts for this episode, Shawinigans. Shawinigans! So, Jules, what kind of summer facts you got for us? Okay, first summer fact. The first day of summer is the summer solstice, and this happens in June every year. Different day, I think. Different date, but around the same time-ish. In June. Right? Is like, it, it's not always on the same day. Isn't it always, like, on the 22nd is or it? something? I don't know. Like, anyway, the 21st? I think it's always The name stated. summer solstice means stilled, standing, or stopped sun, which we would know nothing about because we haven't seen the sun in about three months here in San Diego. Oh, it's been longer than that. Did you... We saw it on Christmas. Remember, it was nice on Christmas. It was, uh, the last nice day was my birthday, the day after Christmas. Oh, that's right. And yeah, then it, started, we were, it just turned to shit after that. Because we were out day drinking. Oh, the sun smiled upon you. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. <laughs> All right. So, next fun fact. The moon is lowest around the summer solstice. So, it's lower in, in the, the sky. sky. Yeah. Which why during the summer is why during the summer you get those big giant moons because mm-hmm. they're low so they're so close to the earth. That's how that works, right? Yeah, physics, physics astronomy, something like that. Sure. Okay. Astronomy, science, gastronomy, gastronomy. Yes. Uh, uh, going back to the first bullet, the summer solstice this year is happening on Wednesday, June twenty first. Isn't it always on the twenty first? Specifically at seven fifty seven a.m. Seems that's literally what it says. Weird. Um, I think it's always on the twenty first, though. I think that's like a thing. Okay, so according to Google, is June twenty first always a summer solstice? Even though most people consider June twenty first as the date of the June solstice, it can happen anytime between June twentieth and June twenty second. Oh, for fuck's sake! Fine. So anyway, I didn't realize this was like an Easter situation. Next fun fact is July is the hottest month of the year, and the hottest part of the day is between 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. You know what? I think that's bullshit. It better be. But I think that's bullshit. What do you mean? In San Diego, July is absolutely not the hottest month of the year. In San Francisco, July is not the hottest month of the year either. But you know what? I feel like when are we doing a collective generalization around the world that July is the hottest month of the year? Okay, but also like with because here's like September. Who the fuck knows? Oh, who knows? Who knows? And it's El Nino. That little boy is fucking shit up. (laughs) 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 We're gonna make coming from two girls in a grape little El Nino dolls. Oh my god. All right. Oh, this one's appropriate for us. The phrase, the dog days of summer, is when the constellation Sirius, that happens to look like a dog. Hence why the Sirius radio station's little mascot is a dog. Hence why Sirius Black was an Angamangus that turned into a dog. You're all welcome. Hence why, never mind. I don't have another one. I don't have another one. So that's when the constellation Sirius appears in the sky. And these are usually the hottest weeks of summer as well. Okay, so for us, dog days of summer is going to be September, October. I was going to say, do you want to call bullshit on actual science too? Yes. (laughs) 
I love that she had to think about it and also give me a dirty look before she answered. <laughs> Uh, berries are in season all summer. People love to eat berries. <laughs> berries like Listen. <laughs> berries like strawberries, blackberries, I blueberries, raspberries, bumbleberry, one brambleberry, schnozberries. I challenge you to find real interesting facts about summer on the interwebs. Number one, and then I challenge you to maybe read the fucking episode before we. I did, and that had me laughing already. Go eat a schnozberry. Okay, so now tell us about the stone fruits. Yes, stone fruits. So okay, there was a method to my madness for why I included these, which I'll get to in a minute, Jules. Stone fruits are also a favorite summer fruit. Oh, these include peaches, plums, cherries, and more. They're called so much more. <laughs> They're called stone fruits because they have a single pit in the middle that's reminiscent of a stone. No, so the reason I <laughs> yeah, this is ridiculous. I love this so this much. This is the worst wine you no, ever. It's so good. Um, I so the reason I included these fat, summer facts is because these are also really popular tasting notes with wines. Oh, now she's getting serious. No, especially wines that you drink during the summer, right? I mean, you think of, like, great rosés that have, like, that strawberry punch to it or, you know, that raspberry kind of tartness. Or you think of white wines that have that peach or that apricot background. So, yeah. All I got to say is this fucking wine, when we taste it, better taste like either some fucking berries or some stone fruit. Okay, well, we're about to fucking find out, huh? In a while. (laughs) Stay tuned. So let's talk about our own personal summer fun facts. Um, Jules, our listeners dying to know, what is your favorite summer activity? My favorite summer activity is going to the beach. Drea's giving me the dirtiest look because she's fucking anti. She's an anti-beach bitch. I am. Okay. She doesn't like the beach. Okay. We need to clarify something. She lives in San Diego, but doesn't go to the beach. Listen. I am not anti. She didn't even know that Coronado wasn't an island. <laughs> that is true. That is 100% I'm like, true. like, she does not it's know. It's called Coronado Island for But it's not an sake. island. God, well, you know what? Technically, an isthmus. Words matter. Words matter. Okay. Coronado isthmus doesn't have the same ring to I it. hate it. All right. So, um, I am not anti-beach, per se. I just prefer my beaches to be... In, the in Med- Spain. In the Mediterranean... In, or the Caribbean, Caribbean. In the South Pacific, you know. I mean, listen, would I prefer to live on one of those beaches? Absolutely. But do I enjoy Have the beach here? Have you seen the number of sand fleas on San Diego beaches? I've never had an issue with sand fleas. Seaweed. Never the had water is fucking brown. Do you know no, why? Because of the poop. It's not brown. Because of the poop. You don't even go to the fucking beach. You cannot say the water is brown. It's brown. It's not. I'm telling you. It's It's brown. actually not. It is. But to be fair to Drea, I went to the beach today to take a picture of this particular bottle of wine at the beach. Listen, I go the extra fucking mile here. And the there was an alert as you walked onto the beach. That there was poop! That the water is contaminated. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Okay. But also it's because Coronado butts up to Mexico and it's all the sewage coming out of the Tijuana River that is fucking all our shit up. Girl, the ocean is the world's toilet. I don't know what to tell you. That's 
Okay. Not so, true. So there we go. So okay. what's your favorite? What's your favorite activity? Because we know it's not the beach. Oh, I love reading by a pool. I will lie. She by... loves reading, like on the couch. She loves reading in the car. She loves reading on a plane. I will do it with a fox. Yeah. I will do it with a fox. Yes. <laughs> a silver fox. Yeah. <laughs> um, don't be getting any ideas, John. All right. No, but I like. I love a pool. Resort pass and me are best fucking friends during She'll the summer She'll take a kiddie pool if she has to. I, I like during the pandemic, like height of pandemic life for me was my fucking blow up kiddie pool that I would put on my desk and the ball rosé I would take out there with me. On your desk? I mean on my deck. Okay. Sorry. I should put it on my desk though because my This wine is like, definitely higher than 10.5. Possibly. Possibly. Okay. So. Speaking yeah, of. Reading by the pool. So, yeah, speaking of, what is your favorite summer wine? So, what are you drinking on that contaminated ass beach? I'm kind of torn here. So, I'm going to be basic bitch and say rose. But then I also, I'm going to say a spritz. I love a spritz in the summer. Like an Aperol spritz. Yeah, I know what a spritz is. Oh, you're just giving me a fucking look like. Because it's not like a wine. A Prosecco? I mean, it's, uh, it's fine, I guess. It's technically a cocktail. It's a wine cocktail. But Fine, a cocktail. but I also said rosé, so fight me. I mean, I might. That's pretty basic. <laughs> Despite the fact that we are drinking a rosé to usher in the start of summer. Exactly. So what about you, Fancy Pants? Oh, okay. Well, if you thought my first answer about an activity was bad, this is going to be even worse. So I hope you're ready. My absolute favorite wine to drink during the summer is a white wine from Spain. Shocker. A Shirello. So Shirello is one of the three noble grapes that used to make that's used to make cava. It's one it's the one that has the most minerality to it. And it lit like a still Shirello to me literally tastes like you're drinking part of the ocean. Like a pure, beautiful Mediterranean ocean. Oh, not a brown, <laughs> poop-filled sewage ocean? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Got it. Just need to distinguish. Like I just I Love, and my favorite one is from Gramona. So, yep. That's... I don't think I've tried a Shirello. Oh, we can change that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we... I might have to come and raid your floors. <laughs> <laughs> I have more racks now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll come raid the racks then. Racks or the floors. Well, there you have it. This episode's Shawinigans, courtesy of fun summer shit that we want to do. And also some other summer shit that you didn't know you needed to know. Like Bear, berries. <laughs> <laughs> On this episode for bottle number 56, we are featuring a bottle called Pray for Surf from 2021 um, from Tank Garage, which is based in Calistoga, which is up in uh, the Napa Valley area. Price point for this bottle is around $25. ABV is 10.5%, so definitely on the low side. We're really low-balling at this episode. We are. And on um, just sort of a basic recap of what this is, it's a rosé from the Sierra Foothill Vineyards. The varietal blend is 89% Mouvedre, 10% Grenache, and 1% Sinsol. Sounds delightful. Um, it better be delightful. Well, I mean, I make no promises. I think it should be. I, I have good <laughs> feelings about this 
particular uh, winery. I've actually been wanting to try a wine from them for a really long time. <laughs> I was going to say, they've, they've act- Tank Garage has made an appearance on the podcast before. Last summer, during we had like a... During one of our shenanigans, we had a wish list of all these wineries oh, we wanted to go to. That was one of the ones that it was and, on my list. Yeah. So, dear listener, we still have not been, but yeah. it's still on the list. And now here we are. Yeah, we got to get there. <laughs> so let's let's talk about some fun facts about this particular winery. Uh, as previously mentioned, the tasting room is in a vintage Napa Valley gas station, which is kind of cool, like on the side of the road, like super old, like 60s type gas station. It's the reason why it was on my list in the first place of wineries that I wanted to go to. All of their wines are limited one-off blends, uh, which means that once they sell out, they'll never bottle another vintage. So that's a big wah wah if you really like a specific wine. But kind of exciting. But cool. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, I think that, you know, if you like their wine, just generally speaking, then you can probably feel confident in just buying anything from them and knowing that it's going to be good. Uh, They have super fun labels. Like the actual like art in the labels is really cool. And they also name their wines really fun things. Like they have a white Zin called Trailer Park Pretty. Uh, They have one called Dynamic Karate Theory. And my personal favorite is one called I Love You, But I've Chosen Disco. And that's a red blend. So I feel like I might need to buy some of that. For this particular wine that we're drinking, there were only 225 cases made, uh, which is really in keeping with their philosophy of, you know, small production wines. Uh, Tank Garage is also home to an initiative called Tank Cares, which helps people live better lives and gain awareness. For every Tank Cares product sold, they donate a portion of the profits towards a charitable cause that they're passionate about. And since 2019, they've raised over $85,000 for these causes, including reproductive rights, California state parks, LGBTQ, and mental health awareness. Now, this is a fucking business philosophy we can get behind, unlike the America KKK first philosophy. Unlike those who shall not be Uh, winemaker Bertus Van Zyl hails from Cape Town, South Africa, and he got a degree in winemaking at the University of Stellenbosch, which doesn't sound like it would be in South Africa. Maybe that's in Germany. Should have looked that one up. Um, Bertus ended up working and living in Napa as a result of a chance encounter and a random introduction to James Harder in 2011 while he was doing a traveling harvest in Napa Valley away from his full-time job in South Africa. This led to an interview and a job opportunity with the Farm Collective crew that started in 2012. And Farm Collective is like the overarching um, like company for Tank Garage. Yep. All right, Drea, give us some information about the region of Calistoga. I don't think we've... I mean, we haven't done a ton of Napa wines on the podcast before. We haven't because you hate it. Well, also, they're expensive. Wine for the people, people. $25 isn't expensive. Well, I know, but this is a diamond in the roof. Yeah, no. Tank Garage does have, like, a really nice portfolio. A lot of their wines are super affordable because they're blends, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've, we've had plenty of blend on the show before. Doesn't mean they're any... Worse or better in quality, it's all about where they're sourcing their grapes and, and how they're making their wine. But <clears throat> before we get into their philosophy, 
Let's talk a little bit about Calistoga. So it is an area within the Napa Valley and it's located at the northmost tip of that Napa region. <clears throat> now we're going to get into some history, which I know you all love. Uh, Cal <laughs> Calistoga <laughs> traces its roots to early California statehood when Samuel Brannan, um, who was the leader of a Mormon settlement expedition. Oh, Jesus, here we go with the religious nuts. <laughs> on the ship Brooklyn, which landed in Yerba Buena, soon to become San Francisco, in 1846. He actually was the publisher of San Francisco's first English-language newspaper, the California Star. And following the discovery of gold, he became California's first millionaire. He was an interesting character because he was fascinated by Calistoga's natural hot springs. So in addition to wine, Calistoga is known for its healing waters, its natural hot springs. There are lots of really nice spas up there even today. Uh, that's why I'm, the Calistoga, Calistoga Ranch springs and Calistoga is like Ranch. Fancy exactly. Place up there. Yep. Um, so he purchased more than 2,000 acres in what is now Calistoga with the intent to develop a spa reminiscent of Saratoga Springs in New York. So that was the model for it. Um, by the 1860s, Brannon had developed the spa and the town became known as Calistoga. Uh, the name of the town, though, is kind of hilarious because it hails from Brannon's tipsy proclamation that he would make the area the Saratoga of California, which came out as the Calistoga of Sarafornia. Uh, so, <laughs> so Jack Mormon, perhaps? There you go. Um, when Brandon's vision of building the railroad was finally realized in 1868, Calistoga became the place um, for summer retreats for wealthy San Franciscans who wanted to take to the warm waters of the natural hot spring. Um, prior to this, though, this upper Napa Valley area was home of a significant population of indigenous people uh, named the Wapo. And since that area is rich in mineral springs and food sources, it was incredibly desirable and has been a contested site of colonial conflict from the Spanish occupation to the Mexican takeover and, of course, to American statehood. So, you know. Colonialism. Oh, had to get that in. Gotta get it had in. to get that in. Uh, the Calistoga AVA is now at the center of this area. Hallmarks of this AVA include highly volcanic soil, high daytime temperatures, and cool evening temperatures due to the proximity to the Russian River Valley area. This creates excellent conditions for grape growing, as we've discussed many times, because it allows those sugars to really develop without essentially cooking your grapes, right? Um, the appellation was proposed in 2003 by petitioning for a separate AVA status, and it was finally approved in 2009 and became effective in 2010. So in terms of AVAs, it's a pretty, you know, it's a relatively newcomer yeah. to the scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which then makes sense for a place like Tank Garage to really pop up and seize their moment in this location. So Tank Garage opened in 2014. And as Jules noted, it's set up in an old reclaimed garage. Uh, the winery was also designed to offer a new type of wine to the traditional stuffy Napa Valley scene. So they're really focusing on 
unexpected blends. They're playing rad tunes in their tasting room. And I've heard that they really love dropping the F-bomb. So, like, I'm already a fan. We won't fit in there at all. No, never. Um, their website describes Tank Garage as, quote, a winery that celebrates misfits, bootleggers, and daredevils. One of the most interesting wineries in Napa Valley. No business plan, no exit strategy, just a mission to do cool shit. Yep. Which... Like yeah, it. I'm on board. I'm mm-hmm. on board. Well done. Well done. In addition, they say that their goal is to make wines that add to the collective conversation about wine. And I actually really like that sentiment. Um, one of the things that's always attracted me to wines is, for me, a good like a good wine tells a story. It's a narrative in a glass. And, um, and, and, and wine is something that should be shared and talked about and... I just love that they think about it as sort of this this larger conversation that they're engaging in. Um, Bertus has said, quote, we make wines that push norms, boundaries, and archaic conventions with a deep respect for the land and, and community that grows our grapes. So this philosophy... I like, I like this Bertus character. Right? Bertus seems pretty yeah. rad. I want to chill with Bertus. Yeah. Um, this philosophy is really mirrored in how they do business. So each release, as we've already noted, is limited and truly one of a kind wine. From blend to blend, bottle to bottle, they never make the same wine twice. Um, And a lot of that has to do with kind of utilizing what the land yields, right? Like what grapes are good. So like this particular wine is predominantly Movedra. When, you know, they talked about this particular bottle, they talked about how exceptional those grapes were that harvest. They may not be the next harvest, right? So they're really letting the farming, the agriculture, the climate sort of dictate and control what these blends look like and what they do with them. Um, in addition to that, they it also, also allows them to pivot, right? Like if something doesn't go doesn't quite go so well, yeah, absolutely. Plan, they're not like, oh shit, people are expecting, you know, 200 cases of this specific of a single wine that we vineyard Cabernet, mm-hmm. yeah. Versus being like, okay, what did the weather do? What's the land doing? Let's what do we roll got? What's good? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, they also utilize a number of different fermentation techniques, which I'm super into. So from foot stopping to whole cluster ferments to carbonic macerations to open top fermentation, like I'm all over this. And they age their wines in lots of different ways. So <coughs> I, excuse me, wines can be aged in oak, stainless steel, and sometimes even uh, Cosio Pesto, which is like a Italian um type of vat for fermentation so yeah they're doing all kinds of crazy experimental when i read that shit. i was like what kind of pesto <laughs> anti-pesto i'm like I'm, i like pesto I like, who doesn't like pesto um so they're just doing all kinds of crazy shit and i'm into it like i love an experimental wine so i'm super excited to try this bottle all right so when we think about the bottle that we have in front of us the pray for surf Um, The story behind this bottle and its blend starts in August of 2021 in the Sierra Foothills, where Tank Garage sources most of their fruit for their rosés each year. They didn't realize it at the time, but they were actually picking some of the best Movedra that they had ever come across. And, you know, with this particular grape, if you get enough sun, heat, and water, the flavors that it produces are are pretty intense. You get good acidity, you get good co- 
uh, color. And the harvest that year at Sierra de Montserrat Vineyard produced an amazing grape. So the, as a result of the quality of the crop, Tank was inspired to make this limited production rosé. So about the name, um, <laughs> Bertus has spent a lot of time in small surf towns and has always loved the pray for surf mantra. There's, he says there's something simple and peaceful and spiritual about praying for waves and letting them come to you on their own terms. Um, and he notes that there's a big parallel between that idea and that philosophy and Tank's philosophy on winemaking. So that's really how this rosé came to be. You know, you kind of pray for a good crop and then this amazing Movedra sort of drops into your lap and, you know, you get to ride that wave, so to speak. Um, for the label, Tank worked with one of their oldest friends, surf photographer Marco Arellano, and Marco has made a name for himself capturing surf culture across the north shore of Oahu, so they tapped into his talents for the label, and you can see it on our Instagram. In terms of the wine itself, like what's actually in the bottle, um, they describe it as a sun-kissed golden hue that is unlike any rosé they've ever produced. That includes aromas of cherries, rose petals, and herbs that flow out of the glass and say that you get it yields an intense flavor of freshly cut strawberries, wild raspberries, and refreshing notes of honeydew and minerality. So, with that in mind, we shall see if we agree. Dun dun dun. <laughs> So here we are at everyone's favorite part of the podcast where we, get we to drink. pour ourselves a big old glass of wine and we get to drink it. So let's see what we've got in our glass. So we've poured our wine out. And as far as the color of this wine goes, um, I was very, very surprised. That to me, there's absolutely no pink color to it at all. So in terms of what you think of a, a rosé, having that very obviously like pink and then even like some rosés that go more towards a red, this one I was like, I'm not seeing any pink to it at all. I called it a light gold with some sparkle. There is some effervescence in this, so you'll see like some bubbles in the glass. But Drea was seeing something a little different, so. Yeah, I mean, it's so to me it's like a pale peach color. <clears throat> closer to what people call a grease or a, a gray wine, which is kind of... So a, maybe a white peach. A t sure, if we're getting super specific. <laughs> um, you know, which is a, a, a type of rosé. You tend to see it a lot in, in French rosés. Um, but yeah, it's definitely more on the gold side mm -hmm. than the traditional pink side. Um, and it does have that effervescence, although it dissipates a little bit as the bottle opens. Yeah. So it's beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful yeah, color. It's really pretty. It's very, very pretty. It okay. looks like sunshine in a glass. <gasps> oh, if only we knew what that looked like. And <laughs> May Gray bullshit. Okay, on the nose. Drea laughed at me when I said this because she thought I was being an asshole. But I said green grapes. And she was like, oh, of course, here you are talking about fucking smelling grapes and wine. But it, and then I said, well, maybe it's more green apple. It's something, a green kind of zesty fruit that I was smelling that's like really fresh and snappy. 
That's kind of where I was going with that. Fresh and snap. I do like the fresh and snap. Fresh snappy. and snappy. Yeah. It's fresh and snappy. I mean, to be fair to our listeners, before I was like, Jesus, with the green grapes, you were like, I think I'm getting worse at this. Yes. <laughs> so. And also, I do tend to make sarcastic, stupid yeah. comments. But I actually was being serious about like, a green grape that has a little snap to it that's got that tartness that's the, not a really sweet. So not those like fucking. Um, not the, mushy, you no, know. those abomination cotton candy grapes. Yeah, no, <laughs> not like that. Like a really like kind of puckery grape. What are, what are you getting? She got a lot more out of it than so I So on the nose, um, I'm getting some actual pretty rich flavors. So things like. Um, apricot, Meyer lemon zest, jasmine, a light hint of vanilla, the slightest of woodsiness. Like, there's some depth on this this wine that you don't see typically in a lot of rosés. Like, these are actually, to me, aromas that I would associate a lot more with a an aged white. Mm-hmm. You know, something that's has spent some time... Um, in a barrel, even if it's a it's if it's neutral oak, but certainly the the nose has some depth to it. I think. So okay. should we, should we should we try it? My real favorite part. Let's try it. What is it? Sip, sniff, swirl, sip. Are you getting Are you getting your green snappy grapes? You know what I'm getting is um, lime zest. Citru- like citrusy flavors, and then I did get peach. Yeah, it's definitely, I'm getting some lime zest as well, especially in the closer to the finish, grapefruit. But I'm also getting like first of the season strawberries, you know, where there's still a little bit green on the mm-hmm. top, but you can't wait to get them in your mouth. Uh, watermelon. That's what she said. That's what she said. Definitely mineral forward on this mm-hmm. one though yeah. which i love like it's I, fresh and snappy yeah i love a rosé that's got a solid minerality so i'm getting earth i'm getting slate i'm getting what i fondly refer to as wet rocks please see our episode wet rocks from season one <laughs> there you go there you go but yeah i it's it's quite delightful it is i'm, I'm gonna okay and you may disagree with me I, I don't think it's an easy sipper, though. Like, I think it's it's complex enough that I, I would not put this in, like, porch pounder, rosé all day category. It has some body to it. Definitely has some body it's, to it. It's not, um, even though, so I'm having such a hard time believing that it's a 10.5% ABV. Why it, are you feeling lit? It feels <laughs> a lot... Like it, it actually like does a little yeah. bit more bite to it than that. So you know, we'll see. We shall see how the the evening turns out. Um, <laughs> if we open up a second bottle, that's when you know yeah. that ten point five was some bullshit. <laughs> and then we also know that's some bullshit about the whole port it not being a porch pounder, right? <laughs> so we know how Drea feels about it in terms of like she doesn't think that this is like an easy sipper. What would you pair food wise with this? Well, um, I know you're going to judge me hard for this, but. I love a fucking salad. You do? <laughs> I do. Isn't that shocking? I didn't know that. Isn't that shocking? Fuck that. I just ordered myself a hat that says big salad. Oh. <laughs> I think that also means big ass. Yeah, well, <laughs> porcano los dos. Here we are. Um, but no, like a really hearty, 
like salad that you would eat crunchy salad yeah so i'm thinking like i want seared ahi on this salad i want like rich avocado i want watermelon radishes i want some bell pepper like i want you all the, the crunchy things. thing like yeah the, the crunchy, crunchy thing. yeah oh maybe some of those little crunchy wonton yeah. strips yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah 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 i want all that so we're like on the same Peanuts. vein with seafood so i was but yeah seafood thinking definitely. this would be really good with a ceviche Oh, or a crudo, that crudo we had the other night. Mm, I feel like that's a little too light. Like ceviche to me has a little bit more heft to it because you have like your crunchy chips, like your, you know, really nice like homemade tortilla chips. And then Dre and I just had this like little tete-a-tete about, I said diced avocado and she's like, as opposed to what? And I'm like, as opposed to like a guacamole. Like I don't want an avocado mush. I want the diced avocados, no, I, like the pieces. My, my, my problem was not how it was prepared. It was more like, what, you just going to nibble on some diced avocado? Like you having a snack over there? Well, it goes together. Ceviche, diced oh, avocado, okay. and crunchy I, chips. I it's didn't like know a it meal. was like a whole meal. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <sighs> Any hoo-ha. Aggro. Situation. <laughs> Someone send us some vitamin D. Where the fuck are you when you're drinking this wine? <laughs> send us some vitamin D supplements, please. <laughs> Somebody better come and save Drea. <laughs> Uh, seaside dining for sure. Well, we're, I, we're on like a sea kick. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's asking us to pray for surf. One, I want some goddamn sunshine. Um, but I, this is, to me, this is really like a summer dinner wine. Like this is a great wine to, you know, sit on some rooftop above an ocean, watch the sunset somewhere, uh, order your nice big fuck off salad with your seared ahi or your salmon. And like, that's, that sounds like an ideal summer evening to me. Hmm. Yeah. And I have myself pictured sitting under an umbrella on the beach Well, in this... the sunshine. So like later in the day when the crowds have moved off the beach is my favorite time. Like everybody leaves at like four or five and I'm like, y'all are missing the best part of the day. One, you're going to miss sunset. But two, you're just missing <laughs> this empty beach and this sort of like quiet that is so amazing. And that for me is like, that's the perfect like sweet spot of being on the beach it's still sunny, but you're getting towards sunset and the crowds have gone. So that's, I'm going to eat my ceviche. It's going to be like the late afternoon, early evening snack on the beach. Ideal. Well, and the nice thing about Tankarage too is their rosés and their whites all tend to have screw tops. Key. For, <laughs> key. For when you're drinking on the beach. Yep. So drinking on the go. Very, very appropriate. Yes. All okay, right. entertainment. Um, let's see. Well, Jules seems to think I'm going to be watching Selling Sunset because she recently exposed this to me, or exposed me to this show. And and she's still, like, I think she's going to have to bring it up with her, like, therapist. It was horrifying. She's, like, it was truly horrifying. She's so horrified. I, I was just like, what? what is happening She just didn't right know now? what happened to her. Meanwhile, I just thought I was turning on some, you know, bullshit, like, we can sit and watch this and drink wine and just yell at the TV. Which we did. I mean, we did, we did do, do that, that. But I was also scarred for life. She so was also like, yelling at me. Yeah. <laughs> she couldn't decide who she wanted to yell at. I was like, who am I yelling at? Um, you know, I just feel like this wine is like giving me some Simon and Garfunkel vibes. Like that and a good sunset. And I'm, I'm happy as a clam. Yeah. That maybe I'm going to have as an appetizer. I'm going to stick with my beach vibes and say that there's like a um, Caribbean steel drum band in the background. So there's like kind of those like vibes, but it's not loud in my face. It's like in the background. I can still hear the ocean waves. 
I see it. <laughs> but I can hear the music in the background. It's delight. Love it. Yeah, just that light little... You know, I bet we can get the Silver Fox to play some steel drums. Oh, God. He's a drummer. Oh. Yeah. <gasps> John Wind. <laughs> John Wind for the win. Oh, my God. No. And on that note... Tell us how we can buy this bottle. Okay. Or not. So, um, the I bad got, news, everyone. I have some bad news for the those bad of you news. who have stuck with us through this episode. And this, you're super interested in this wine now. This bottle Woo! is, in fact, sold out, which is crazy because I just got this bottle yeah. like last month. So, our dear friend and dear listener, Lauren, Lauren. shout, shout Lauren, out Lauren, is a member there. Uh, and I just went in on her with a purchase, and this was one of the wines I picked up. But, like, this was like a month ago. So when I went 225 to, cases. So when I went fast. to go check it out, it was already gone. But they do have other rosés um, that look equally as exciting. And they get in new things all the time. So I definitely recommend checking them out at um, www.tankgaragewinery.com. That's T-N-K garagewinery.com. And sign up for their newsletter, get on their Instagram, Instagram so you can see what they're releasing when. Again, I really love the philosophy that they're kind of one and done and they're into, you know, sort of like what the land yields. So give them a follow and check them out. And if you try one of their other bottles and you love it, let us know. Um, our Instagram again, immediately so we can get right one before now. they sell out. Yeah. Don't hoard that shit. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at two girls and a great pod. That's T W O girls and a great pod. And if you have enjoyed, um, my delightful history lesson and Jules's diced avocado, uh, <laughs> leave us a review, give us five stars, tell your friends, send us a ball of wine, you know, do what you feel like is yeah. right. Do what do, you feel is right for you. Do what do you, you think is the right amount for us entertaining you. Exactly. And exactly. I will say that Rob just recently told me, and this could have been user error on his part, that on Spotify, he was not able to give us five stars until recently. So I don't know if you have to have a certain number of reviews to be able to get a five-star review oh, or if it was a Rob user error because he's really bad with technology. Sorry, hot Rob, but it's true. Remember? <laughs> he didn't know how to message on ig oh he was like i don't have time i don't know how to chat he's on, like on instagram he's i'm not like, interested in it. figuring out how instagram works like that was the yeah. phrase yeah that i respect funny. that though i respect that hot rob i respect so you. don't give up on trying to give us five stars keep yeah. trying <laughs> yeah keep trying go the distance all right uh and next bottle so the month of june is going to be featuring wines from destinations on our bucket list so uh so get ready to go on a trip around the world. Wait, are we going on a trip around the world? We are. Ooh. Aren't we? Yes. Because we're going to two different places. So not really around the world, but anywho. We're going international, everyone. Let's book some plane tickets. Andrea's favorite. <laughs> and on that note, note cheers. cheers. Salute. Salute.